0: This is Help From The Line, back with another episode. I'm your host, Tyler. Let's jump into the conversation. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Tonight on the episode, I want to talk about losing the sense of self when you start to have a mental health problem and what that really means and and what that meant to me when I went through my stuff. And what that means to a lot of people all over the world. So, you know, when I first started showing signs of some depressive problem, um, you know, really it was after after that main incident, and I didn't really know which way to go. Yes, you start burying yourself in work and all this other stuff, but who who do you become in the time between you having this problem? in the time of getting help for this problem. And during this time, you really lose who you are. You almost lose everything about you. Your entire identity changes. And during your battle with mental health, it it doesn't change to any type of good, um, you know, good self-identity. You become very destructive And then, you know, even after coming out of getting help for your problem, you still do face some identity challenges. And, you know, yourself as an individual, you have been completely changed by this experience and by everything that you've gone through, that by the time that you are walking out the other side of it, you really are a different person. And I mean, a lot of it at the end is a good change that you've gone through. You know, you you walked through this this horrible thing, and and you, you know you're still standing. And there is some good to that, but at the same time, you are not the person that you were when you stepped into the incident that you had that created problems for you. So, you know, at the beginning, what I mean by the loss of self is, you know, I went from walking the walk, talking the talk, being the person that I was, everyone knew who I was. Yes, some people didn't like me, that's just life. To, I didn't really, you know, in in the next coming couple years, I wasn't me, I wasn't myself, I didn't really have any of my own personality that I had before. I wasn't as outwardly spoken as I had been before. Uh, I wasn't at all as joyful or happy as I was before. Now that's kind of expected. You know, so before the incident, I was very involved in, in, you know, training and teaching and, and all this other stuff. And then after the incident happened, yes, I was still involved in that stuff, but it was not as outwardly expressed as it it had been before. I did things more so because I had to than because I wanted to, and oh, well, I made this obligation, so I guess I have to fulfill it. And that was kind of just the path that I walked at that point in time. Nothing that I really did while all this was going on was necessarily because I wanted to do any of it. A lot of it was just because, well, I had already made a commitment to do this, so I'm just gonna go ahead and do it, even though I have no real want to do it and even at that you know you do start to to make some very dumb mistakes and you know you can really make yourself look bad but i didn't care and anyone that's been you know that has dealt with this problem that has gone through anything like this i'm sure that you all understand this when you're going through the initial phases of depression you know or even into depression you don't really care what people think about you because, well, why should I? You know, you, you tend to look very deeply inward. You don't necessarily look outward. You don't really care what's going on in the outside. You don't really always care what's going on in the inside either. And nothing really becomes anything that you yourself wants to do. You really start just going through life doing everything because someone wanted you to do it, you know, or you had made the commitment to do it or, you know, really it, w- it was mainly focused. Almost everything that I did at that point in time was really focused on what someone else wanted me to do. And, th- and that's what I really mean by, you know, you lose self-identity. You stop doing things because you want to do them. You start doing everything because everyone else wants you to do it. And then what do you do on your own time? well, take your pick. You know, me, I, I drank, and I drank a lot. And that's just what it was. You know, I, I wasn't stupid with it. I get that. I, I You know, I tried to be as okay as I could at the time, not saying that anything was really okay. But it was just one of those things. I I did what I did in my own time, but really everything else was... Well, you know, I got to go do this because I have to go look okay to everybody else. And there's another thing, you know, when you, when you lose your own identity, you really do focus on looking okay to everybody else. No, you do not necessarily care what they think about you, but you don't want the questions. And I, I really felt that that was, that was uh, a big thing for me. <clears throat> I didn't want people to ask me questions about how I was. Because if they ask a question, then I have to talk to them, and I don't really want to talk to them, and then they're going to give me some poor sympathetic answer of, oh, you know, I'm really sorry, or oh, that's horrible, and I didn't want to deal with that. I I didn't care for anyone to falsely tell me that they cared about what I was going through. Most nights, I myself didn't care about what I was going through, so why should I want someone else to worry about me? And, you know, since this podcast has come out, you know, and especially episode seven, when I had episode seven, the breakdown, a lot of people that were very close to me did realize what I had gone through. And a lot of those people did reach out to me and, you know, they said, Tyler, if I had known what you were going through, I, you know, I would have latched onto you a little tighter. You know, one of my best friends, I stopped down, talked to him in the firehouse and. Uh, you know, he, he tells me, you know, Tyler, I feel like a shitty friend because I didn't know what was going, you know, what, what was going on with you. And, you know, and I should have reached out to you more. And, and I know you're listening and I know that you're going to know who I'm talking about. But listen, it was not your fault. You and I kept a friendship relationship. You know, we still talked all the time while I was going through all this. And really, to me, that was okay. You know, that that was still something that I needed. I still needed contact with the outside world, but it wasn't necessarily going to change anything, you know, in, in the conversations that that you and I had did help. And I appreciate that. You know, I didn't hide anything because I didn't trust anybody. It was just, I didn't want people asking questions about me. No one needed to ask questions about me because when I was around the firehouse, I took care of everybody else. No one needed to take care of me. I would take care of myself just fine. And I, that's a hard thing to sit and do. When you lose yourself and you lose your self-identity, you just kind of fade into the background. And at the time, that's where you're very comfortable being. You don't you don't mind it. You kind of like having faded into that background because oh, there's less work that I necessarily need to do. It's, it's just, I can kind of hang back and do whatever and no one wants to talk to me and I don't want to talk to them. And it's it just, that's great. And that's what you want to do. But... You know, at, at some point in time, you got to sit back and go, "Well, you know, I'm really not myself, and and I don't really know what I need to do to become myself, and and, and you know, this is just what you know. It's it it is what it is, but it, I have to do something else about it, and that's part of going through the process of recovery. When you start recovering, you know, and you start realizing how. You know, I want to say how much of a loaf, just because that's how I feel about myself now. But, um, you know how much you weren't yourself during the, the time that this was going on. It really does change your aspect on what was happening and and what maybe you should have done or you should have done sooner. That really gets you thinking, you know, and really your mind processes start changing. On oh, geez, you idiot! Like, what did you do to yourself? You know, you had ten people that would have you know, been fine with you reaching out to them and you chose not to, you are, you know, you're a horrible person. And I, it's not, you know, now I guess it's okay. You know, it's okay to look back and go, Tyler, you're, you know, you're stupid. What did you do? But at the time it was, it was what I was doing. It was who I was. I I became this, this no self, no identity individual to get by on my day-to-day life because when everything is going wrong, you have enough trouble dealing with your day-to-day life that I guess you just don't want to deal with more. So, you know, you hide in the corner, you sit on your couch, you eat a bag of potato chips and you just try to stay away from the world. And, and that's where I was for, you know, a couple of years. But losing yourself is honestly probably one of the worst things that could happen. You know, I looking back now at all of the, the opportunity to, to do things better and the opportunity to make things better that I missed because I wanted to hide myself from the world. You know, I think things could be a little different and and that's okay. I'm not mad at myself for really missing anything. I'm extremely happy that I got the help that I got, you know, that I, that I made it through the challenge that I was going through. But I guess that things just could have been different. And you know, if if I concentrate too hard on that, then it just kind of makes you feel bad. But Don't. You know, that's another thing. If you've gone through this situation and you lost your identity and you lost yourself and, you know, you went through some of this stuff, don't ever look back and go, wow, I am stupid. Don't do that. Because the only thing that that does is that just makes you feel worse about what you went through. and, And then you can really just dig yourself back into a hole. And that's not what we're here to do. Mental health is such a fragile thing. And... You know, I look at at all of the the sites that follow me, and I follow them. You know, especially on my Instagram account. You know that that's the the biggest account. You know, the biggest platform that we use. As I look at those, we are making this incredible push in emergency services about mental health and bringing all of this stuff to the forefront and really making it important. And and to me, this is one of the most important topics to talk about. We have way too many guys in our line of work and girls that are fighting this mental health challenge and they're trying to keep it a secret. I've been there. Trying to keep this a secret is, it's one of the, the hardest things that you will ever do, but it is one of the things that you will go out of your way to try to keep a secret from everybody else. And that makes it extremely hard. And it puts a lot more pressure on your mental health because you're trying to keep it a secret from everybody else until what? until you break, you know, we always have those, those resources to reach out to. And I, and I think that normalizing that inside the fire services is, is one of our number one priorities that we need to do to change the status quo. We need to make it normal for people to be able to reach out to these numbers. You know, the first time that I ever reached out to a hotline number, I was scared to death to do. And I don't know why I knew that it was anonymous, but it's one of those things that we're just programmed not to do. And until you do it, you, you know, you're scared of doing it. You're afraid of doing it. And sometimes you just have to, and, you know, don't ever feel bad for doing it. It's just one of those things. If you're having an identity crisis at this point in time, because of depression and, you know, stuff that you've seen on the job, don't, don't let your identity disappear, reach out for help and, and, you know, and find it. And, it's okay. There's a ton of people out here that will, you know, will sit down and, and and tell you that that these things are okay. And they they really are. You know, I took two years to to realize that these were okay, that you know, this situation was okay, that really what I was going through was okay and was gonna be okay. I just had to find myself again. And that became extremely hard. So I mentioned earlier that even after you get through your incident, you yourself have changed. Your entire personality has changed because walking out of that situation, you are not the same person that walked into it. Walking out of the depressive state that you were in where you lost yourself, you lost your identity, and your life crumbled before you, you are not the same person that went in. You are also not a lesser version of you. Don't ever forget that. You are never going to be a lesser version of you. You know, they say that whole phrase of, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And really that is the the truth. Because when you have been pushed to your brink, when you have had that mental health crisis, when you have had a breakdown and you are walking out the other side of that, you are not only stronger, you are now a badass because you have made it through this. You have made it through the most challenging time in your life. And if you can make it through that, you can make it through anything. And I promise you that you can make it through anything. You know, I have a lot of friends that have reached out to me recently and they, you know, they're like, Tyler, you know, I want to come on your show. You know, I've, I myself have really, you know, reached out to a mental health professional lately, you know, and gotten help my other stuff. And, and soon that's coming. My schedule has been super crazy and, you know, being able to sit down with people and get some other people on the show, it is coming. You know, i we have some really good things in the work, but we're all busy people. And we all have walked into that side of depression that we didn't think we were going to make it back out. And we've all walked out the other side. Better people than what we were when we went in. And that's that's something that we have to aim for. You know, that's that's something that... We can't just mosey through this time that we're going through and come out on the other side and be like, oh, I'm okay. It won't, it won't happen. You're not you're not gonna be that person. You're not gonna have learned anything through this experience. Now, I mean, honestly, no matter how differently you get through that experience, I don't care as long as you get through it. You know, I don't. I don't care if you. The only thing that you did to get through the situation was you sat on the couch and you dialed a one eight hundred number. That is completely fine. That's still reaching out for help. That's still getting help, and that's still making it through a mental health crisis. You know, to get through, we don't have to be committed somewhere. You know, we don't have to go stay ten nights in a hospital. That that's not it. Sometimes it's just reaching out to somebody and saying, "Hey, bro, I'm having a problem." You know, and and that's that's pretty standard. A lot of us don't like to reach out for help at all, and I was one of those people, and I had a very hard time saying, I need help. But when I did, you know, and I started to get my own sense of self back, it was an incredible feeling. I spent way too long wandering through life not really knowing who I was or what I was supposed to be doing, you know, or what I was supposed to be doing to help anybody else. And two years is long enough of that, you know, that no one should be going through that. And, you know, even after the fact, you're still going to have times where you're like, you know, you sit there and you're like, oh, geez, you know, and you're, you still have bad days. Guys, listen, getting help with an issue is great. You know, you went on a bad call and it caused a problem for you and you've gone through and you got help for that. That is fantastic. I've been there. There are still going to be days, though that that incident does pop back into your head. I don't want you to think that you go out and you get help and you never have a problem with that incident again because it's not true. There's going to be times that depending on what you're doing, you know, it just, it pops up, you think about it. But one of the big things, you know, of finding yourself again and getting through this mental health problem is learning those coping mechanisms because we are never going to 100% get over what we've been through. You can't take a call and just 100% just throw it out of your mind. It never happened. You can't pretend that that call never happened. So what do you do? We learn ways to cope with the things that we have been through. And when we are effectively able to cope with these things and we are able to live with them, I mean, there are still times to this day that, you know, I'll be doing one thing or another, you know, it doesn't really matter. I'm always busy, but I'll be doing something and the drowning pops into my head. But, you know, now I don't let it consume me like it did for two years. Now I give it, you know, a decent nod. Hey, I know that you're there. I you know, I know that you're still up there. Thanks for, thanks for saying hi. You can go away now. And it, it's just all about coping with those. You know, anymore, I don't necessarily, you know, play on the instant like I like I used to, you know, where I would just replay it and replay it and replay it and replay it. I I just now, you know, when that happens, I just really think about you know the the young one that this happened to i really just think about him and okay well here's a memory that is to you and and i move on and that, that that situation is going to be different for every from you know for everybody you know everyone is going to have a different way that they cope with a situation and that is completely fine i can't tell you that my way is going to work for every one of you because obviously it's not because you know because that's just something that I've learned to cope with inside my own head and that's how I do it everyone's coping mechanism is going to be different and and you know that's what's so interesting about the human mind and and that's what's so great where I can do it one way my best friend can do it another way my you know my sister she could do it another way and my mom and my dad and everyone has their own ways of coping and that's completely fine. Now what is not completely fine is when you get into destructive coping. That's when you become an alcoholic, you get on drugs, you you know, you get all these bad habits. That's destructive coping. And that that is not good. I I did that, we all know the story. Don't do that. Don't be that person. It is very easy to do. We have to remind ourselves that this incident is just an incident that happened and we still have our lives to live. And I know that that is very hard. But, you know, what's drinking 30 beers a night going to do for you? Absolutely nothing. I thought that it was going to do great for me. The only thing it does, it makes you feel like crap the next morning until you start drinking again. And then you kind of feel okay. And then really you just feel like crap some more. And then you get GI problems and everything else goes wrong and you gain a bunch of weight and you, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a killer circle. It's horrible. Finding yourself is very important, though. Re-finding yourself and finding who that new you is going to be when all the dust settles. Because, you know, even sitting here now, I didn't. At the beginning of the incident, I didn't know who I was going to come out to be after everything played out and was done. I had no idea, and you know when that happens, you you become a little nervous about who is going to come out on the other side, because ultimately there's a, a couple of different versions that could come out. You get a handle on things, you take care of everything, you learn from you know what what was going on, you learn from the incident, and the you that comes out on the other side is the better you, you know the you that has learned from this, the you that has learned ad- adequate coping mechanisms. That are healthy coping mechanisms, and you know, you have learned to take back control of your own life. On the flip side, the other person that can come out is the person that didn't learn adequate coping mechanisms, that hasn't let go of the incident, that is still replaying the incident, but you know, believes themselves to be fine, and you become a very destructive individual on yourself. That is not okay. You know, that's the you that's drinking 30 beers a night. That's the you that doesn't, you know, care about what anyone tells you to do. That's the you that doesn't care about your own health, your own well being, and starts making some very stupid moves. I mean, that, you know, you, you just, you can't do that. You have to ensure yourself that that destructive you is not the you that's going to come out on the other side of what's going on. So, you know, if you have to go to therapy or you have to go to counseling, Be an active participant. You're going to this thing for you. So make sure that you yourself are participating in what's going on and you're being open and honest with not only, you know, the doctor that you're seeing, but you have to be honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself just because you want to say that, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't think it happened this way. Well, if it did happen that way, you have to tell yourself it happened that way. And that's a big thing. Don't lie to yourself about what is going on. You know that was another thing that I tried to do. I tried to lie to myself and say, "Oh, I was only, <laughs> I was only drinking socially." You know, it was, it was summer nights, and I, you know, I, I was just drinking out by a fire, and, and that's what I was doing. And it, you know, it wasn't destructive to myself until you realize that you know you're still pounding away on a thirty pack after everyone else is in bed. And, you know, there's there's nothing else going on. You're just sitting there drinking by yourself. And drinking by yourself is a very lonely game to play. And that's what I was doing. And, and I'm sure that I'm not the only person out there that's ever done that. And that's okay. You can get through it. Just always know that. Always know that you can get through what is going on. You know, because if you don't, and if you don't know that and you don't understand that, where are you going to go? You're just going to keep doing what you're doing and no one can tell you otherwise. And then you end up like me on your third 30 pack in a night in your trash and you walk upstairs to your wife and you say, hey, you need to come down and sit with me or I'm going to be dead. Now, if I still had any control of myself at that time, at my any, you know, any form of my personal identity, that would have never happened, but it didn't. I, I had no control over it and it did happen. And here's why I say that if I had control of my own self, my own identity, it would have never happened. Before the incident, yes, I drank. Okay. But I never drank in excess. My drinking was honestly two to two or three beers a month only in a social setting. You know, if we were at a restaurant or something with family or friends, I'd have a beer and I I never drank anything else, you know, and I was completely okay with that. I guess that at some point in time, I had some weird fear that I was going to be, I was going to become an alcoholic, so I stayed away from the alcohol. Well, then what happens? This incident happens, and I just kind of let it go. Okay, I'm going to start drinking now. I, I was, dr- I guess, I was drinking for a reason. I don't really know. You know, I, I like to say that I was, I was drinking to try to take the thoughts away because really, at some point in time, that seemed like it was the only thing that would help take the thoughts away. And then I just realized that. Well, i was just drinking so much that i was becoming a blackout drunk because i didn't retain any of my self identity and who i was <clears throat> now also anyone that knows me knows that i am super big into medical and that you know that's just one of my niches i've always done it and during this time after the incident that, that we were dealing with everything i just kind of went with the went with the flow i I didn't mistreat any patients, you know, and I didn't do anything that was wrong. It was just an, an ebb and a flow, and I just kind of did what, you know, what I was supposed to do, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really go above and beyond like I always had before the sense happened, you know, while I was going through everything that I was going through, and that seems strange to me, and that, you know, there's a lot of people now that after these episodes have come out, they're like, ah, like this makes a lot of sense now, because you were... Very off during this time. Well, you're right, because I wasn't myself during this time. You know, I guess that you just, you know, you try to fit into the background so much that you don't really do more than what's expected. You do just enough to get by. And even if it's not you, you're just one of the shadows now. You know, you're just staying mildly quiet and you're staying in the background. And, you know, if you were a person that pushed the envelope beforehand, you know, or, or spoke up beforehand, you weren't going to do that anymore. You know, at least that was my thing. I'm sure that there's other people out there that, you know, they've had these problems and they become extremely vocal and, you know, that's, I guess, okay too. (laughs) You know, but before, before you really want to get to that point that, you know, you're, you're spouting off at the mouth, you know, because of one of these situations, we got to make sure that we have ourselves in check you know, and that, and that we've been to, to some of these, you know, help places, you know, that we've called the 1-800 numbers, you know, that we've reached out to an area support group, we've reached out to our department's, you know, peer group, and, you know, and, and really tried to help ourselves. Guys, I can't, I really just can't stress this enough, how much of your your personal identity you lose when this happens. And it's, it's, it's incredible to look back now and think about who I was before everything happened, who I was during everything, and then who I am today. Things are extremely different. You know, before that incident, I was (laughs) probably one of the happiest people in the world. And I'm not, I'm not, not happy now. But, you know, things do change. And, and I think that at this point in time, I made the right moves to change myself to the best possible person that I can be. When you lose yourself, you have to find it. And, and I I can't tell you guys enough to do everything possible to re-find who you are. Because if, if you if you can't, you're going to come out that opposite side in the you know latter part of what you want if you can't find who you are you're going to be someone you don't want to be and a lot of times it'll you know it may it may still be that person that you were when you were dealing with everything and that's that's hard guys that's hard i i don't want to see that happen to anybody I let it happen to myself. You guys have heard my story, and it just finding finding who you are and making that turn for the better is one of the best things that you could possibly do. It really is. So let's let's talk about losing yourself for a minute and, and what what it's like. So. You know, you get these intense feelings of sadness and hopelessness and despair, and you lose the pleasure in any daily activity. I, I mean, honestly, I I just kind of moped around and did whatever, and nothing was super exciting, and nothing was, you know, I, and that's just what it was. It, you know, it, it was what it was. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep at all. You know, if... Especially now, if you're already having a problem with insomnia, reach out to somebody, find some help, call your doctor. Because when you add in this extreme exhaustion on top of everything else that's going on, that's not good. You know, you have that change in activity level. Uh, And, I mean, to me, I don't know that I really noticed the change in activity level. It it was just kind of, I mean, I was what I was. I, I wasn't, you know... Jumping down the street on my way to the fire department in the mornings like I had been before, but I I didn't know that I I really had a, a loss in activity level. And then I did have an extremely diminished ability to think. Because I only thought about one thing and it was that incident and that was it. And and that that just it was mind-boggling that you know I, I had had such a crisp mind before and i'm like oh i can't think about this i can't concentrate on it you know any task that i was trying to do i couldn't do longer than like a half hour and then i was off to the next and that just wasn't me and, and that's what i mean you know that's part of the the l- loss of self you don't have the ability to, to you know focus in like you had before i mean guys i could sit and you know work on one thing for six hours and During this time, I would sit down and 30 minutes later I'm like, nope, can't do this, and I gotta get up. Okay, well, that was just one of those things. It it, it was it became very frustrating. So even as you're going through this time, you will, you know, I, I noticed especially that these things that were happening to me were just extremely frustrating. Because I knew in my own mind what I needed to be doing, but I could never convince myself to do it. So, you know, it was almost like really living inside your own head where something else had really taken over and you're standing in the background yelling at yourself, hey, you need to be doing this. Stop doing that. You're just doing nothing but hurting yourself. Let me back in there. Sometimes you have to listen to that voice. Had I listened to that voice when I should have, I mean, probably a year, year and a half sooner, I would have gotten the help that I needed. But instead, I'm like, "Gosh, be quiet, I got this. What am I going to do? I'm going to go back to doing uh, just this whatever. I don't really care. So, if you feel like you're losing yourself, if you feel like you've lost your identity, it's time to reach out to somebody. It's time to get that help before you are no longer able to. It it you know there's nothing wrong with it. Guys, we got to change the status quo that we all currently live, you know, especially in the fire service where it's okay I don't I don't need any help. I'm going to be completely fine. And I'm just going to keep going on to the next one. I'm going to keep pushing through this and on to the next call we go. It's not okay. Because when that happens, we just keep adding on and adding on and adding on. And what happens next? We, We then are buried in so much stress that we just can't handle it anymore and you know that's that's a hard that's even harder than than just you know dealing with the one incident you know you now have so much stuff on you an incident after incident after incident and there's nothing that's really helping i mean we've all been there a lot of us have been there if if you have a critical incident that happens you need to get help for that critical incident and do it before the next one you know you don't have to wait till 10,000 incidents have happened and you know you're completely unable to sleep and you're not doing well and you know you've lost interest in everything and yada 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 and and then you know finally you're like Oh, I need help because I mean, that's that's just a horrible way to go about things. I trust me, I was there. You know, I was still running calls and running shifts during all of this and I had glazed over everything and you know, I always thought that if I had that next bad call that... Things would be easier. You know, okay, well, if I have... If I have another bad call, it'll take this one out of my head. And then I can move on. And obviously, that wasn't... That wasn't the case. The next call would come, and it would go, and, well, shit. You know, I'm still... I'm still, still thinking about this. And nothing helped until I, I reached out and got help. I can't stress that enough. If you yourself are going through these times where you don't know who you are anymore, you need to reach out for help. And it there's there's nothing wrong with it. It's completely okay. So guys, here's some of the places you can call for help. Safe call now One two zero six four five nine three zero two zero. 24 hour helpline staffed by first responders for first responders One two zero six four five nine three zero two zero. There's a fire EMS helpline 1 888 731 Also known as share the load run by the National Volunteer Fire Council. Always remember the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. There's the Crisis Text Line. It allows people in a crisis to speak with trained crisis counselor. You text START or HELP to 741741. For you law enforcement out there, you have the COP line. Call 1 800 267 5463. 1 267 5463. And don't ever forget the Frontline Helpline. It's run by First Line Responder Services. It's open 24 7 for first responders to call. It's 1 866 676 7500. That's the Frontline Helpline. 1 866 676 7500. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good night.